Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up, ballers? Welcome back. COVID-19. It's going to be... This is going to be a doozy of an episode. We got a lot to talk about. But first, we got all three of us in the booth today. Very exciting. Can't wait to talk to everybody. We're going to introduce my man, Mr. Big Bird himself. And I'm not talking about Sesame Street. Jake Scalici, what's up? Hey, everybody. And we got the light beer of the Scalici family, kind of like Hideki Matsuyama, Vinny Scalici, and Jibbers in the booth. What's up, dude? What's going on? And as always, you got myself, Dougie Fresh, talking about a lot of things today. Uh, Obviously, there is no golf. There is no sports. There is no nothing outside of your house right now that you can do except for watch highlights and other things, which we will talk about a little bit later in the podcast. But first of all, uh, as I introduced him at the beginning of the podcast, Jake had a questionable albatross yesterday. And I'd like to Vince and I have not heard the story, or at least I haven't. I don't know if Vinny was texting him on the side, but I haven't heard it. Jake has a great story. We want to hear it. He said it's a little questionable, so we're going to talk about it, and then we'll put a poll out there on the gram, and we'll ask them if they think it was an, an albatross as well. So, Jake, first of all, congratulations, and then let's let's Thank hear you. about it. Thank you. All right, so I, I'm going to set up a couple things first. Then I'm going to tell you about the shot. Then we're going to talk about the, the potential asterisk here, okay? So I um, got invited to go play. Um, by the way, for those of you where your golf courses are closed, like I really do feel for you. Like, I, I don't know what I would be doing with the, without the ability to like go outside right now. So, right. um, I got invited to go play a course in South Jersey that was still open, which was the Seaview Bay course, very, uh, historic course. And they play the, uh, LPGA shop right there every year. It's a great tournament and a great, it's honestly a great golf course. It's just kind of, it's older, it's a little short, but when it gets windy and it was pretty windy yesterday, it can be pretty tricky. So I've been playing like shit. Um, and went out there with some buddies and had a very questionable first two holes and, uh, three over through two and just like really sweating it already, like not hitting it very good. Like I go to the third hole, which is by modern standards, a short par five, just right around 500 yards from the tips, which is where we were playing. And, uh, it was downwind coming off the bay and I just absolutely melted this drive. I was like, wow, it's the best swing I've had in a while. Felt really good about it. I'm walking up, I get to my ball. It's, it's probably, it's like literally right at 200, uh, to a back pin. Uh, and it's kind of sitting up in the semi and I'm between what am I, what am I going to try to do here? Am I going to try to just kind of run something up on the front? I have all this room. Um, and we're playing a little match. Me and my, my buddies, I had a teammate, um, and we're, you know, we're kind of like, I had the first shot. And so I, I grabbed five iron and winds, like I said, downwind a little off the right. And I hit this beautiful cresting draw. I mean, it was gorgeous, right? There's a ridge in the middle of the green. Um, ball lands sort of middle to front and it's just tracking and tracking. And it's, the green is long too. So, I'm, I mean, we're watching it for like a couple of seconds here and all of a sudden, there it is. Double, double eagle albatross. Like, and you know, a lot of screaming, a <laughs> lot of freaking out, a lot of, I mean, I was just like, I cannot fucking believe that's like rarer than a hole in one in some ways. Right. It is. So, I mean, it was, it was, I, I could not have, when I tell you guys, I couldn't hit this any better. It didn't move 
more than probably like two feet from where I was aiming. And I was trying to draw just a hair to get it on that side of the ridge anyway. So I knew it was going to be good. I just didn't know it was going to be that good. However, oh, and, and so, so let me preface this by saying I and my group firmly believe that this would have been an albatross. Okay. My group and I came together. We made a decision that like, if this one thing, which was going on for the entire golf course, wasn't the case, then it would have been an albatross. Because of COVID-19, the golf course decided that they were going to raise the cup <laughs> one inch to make sure that you didn't have to reach into the hole to get your ball. Okay, so we made a rule at the beginning of the at the beginning of the round. We made a rule that if you putt it and you hit the cup and it bounced more than like the length of the, the putter head away from the cup, then then it would have lipped. Right. Um, but we did not anticipate the fact that we were going to have to deal with an albatross potentially hitting this uh, um, this raised cup and then bouncing away. And so I was left with about a five footer. Okay. So for the match, we wrote it in as an Eagle because we really couldn't obviously figure out exactly what that was going to be. But we kind of, cause I made the putt after that, by the way, like kissed it up against this raised cup right after. <laughs> but we, I mean, personally, look, I, I don't care how we, we can't count scores in New Jersey yet. Our, our handicap system isn't turned on. Um, we're still in winter rules at some courses. This just happened to be how they were trying to prevent the spread of germs and, and kind of continue social distancing. However, in some ways, it kind of sours what could have been one of my great golfing moments. So I throw this to you two. What do we count that as? Benny, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I literally don't know. Um, wait, 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 before you even answer, did you expect for the asterisk to be that? What did you no. think? I was yeah, no, say? I knew as soon as you started just saying in light of COVID nineteen, I knew it was going to be the cup up thing. <clears throat> I knew it. I just, uh, I don't know, man. We saw a ding. You hear a ding? I, you know. Well, here's here's the i mean you guys are gonna get to make the judgment i mean i kept the ball i, I put my you know albatross the date and the course i already wrote it on there because in my mind it is but like obviously we can never know my thing is this if it would have bounced 10 15 feet away right obviously not had no chance of going in right if it would have hit the pin it wouldn't have bounced as far away as it did hitting the cup. That was my argument, right? Because it hit the cup solidly enough that it like took it basically off of its track, obviously, and then and left me about a five five to six footer for eagle. So that's hitting a solid plastic cup. That's not even get it. Like I mean, it would have potentially been deeper into the hole to hit the flag. So it's it's just hard. But I mean. It didn't glance it. That's the way that I look at it. So, Dougie, what do you think? I think it's an albatross. There's no uh, doubt in my mind, actually. I because really? that's that's a local rule for the day. But I mean, circumstances or not, but <laughs> that's that's just like having you playing in a tournament. and There's a local rule. That's the rules they set. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's 1,000 percent an albatross. 
I love it. Uh, my, when you and you were talking about yesterday in the text, and I told you I didn't want to hear about it, I thought maybe it was like the first hole, and you took your breakfast ball off the tee oh. and then made the albatross. I was no, like, oh, this I is beautiful. Never that. Yeah, that would have been very on brand for our <laughs> podcast, but uh, no, but, it wasn't that. I love it, dude. I think that that's an that's an albatross. I I, I think if you rolled like. 25 feet away then you're good but i mean you're not good but dude from five feet i mean yeah shit dude you write down the two you walk away you celebrate hope you guys yeah. drank a little bit after that oh yeah we had a couple of beer yeah it was, it was it was good i mean look the whole honestly the whole day you, you would think like let's also say this you would think that putting with the raised cup would be easier but between like based on our rule of like how we were playing playing right. the bounce it actually made it with the raised cup so fucking hard to read what was going on near the cup. I mean, we were missing like we were because we were playing a little match. Like we're missing like six footers that were like on uh, flat ground because like the cup it was slightly like raised where they had pulled the cup up. Right. You know, so it was actually kind of a it was kind of crazy. I I made that, and then I had a, uh, the other guy on the uh, in, in my group, not on my team, but in my group, he made an eagle. His was like literally kissing the cup and we all were like yep that's you write that down that's a hundred percent like he hold out from i don't know 87 or something like that um but yeah it was it was definitely different um definitely pretty wild but yeah it was cool i mean the course was in great shape which kind of that made it suck a little bit more that they had the cups up but i i do understand so all right right well dude awesome congratulations thank you buddy you now have the and first First hole in one in the group and the first albatross in the group. Yeah. Um, so I have two hole in ones. Just to throw out a little brag there. Vinny has gotten close. He's getting one. I can he's going to go. He's got, I mean, the kid is striping the ball right now. Yeah. I almost this had one yesterday. <clears throat> Which hole is that? Number eight. One right past the stick. Oh, yeah, dude. Back. I thought that was in. You're right. You did. Yeah. Mm. You did. All right, but, dude. Well, congratulations. And then you, you ended up shooting like 75 too, right? So you, yeah, you played the rest I, of the round. Yeah, I was really hitting it really good yesterday for once, which was nice. Started off, like I said, three over, and then I think I, I played the front even or one over or something like that by the end. So it was it was pretty good, yeah. Awesome, dude. Awesome. All right, well, uh, moving on from Jake's highlight round yesterday. So <clears throat> as everybody knows, I hope you're paying attention to at least some sort of news that uh, everything has been shut down. Uh, starting last week and then most of the the sporting world has shut it down until into april and then some people have actually extended that now already i saw that uh the in english premier league and soccer vince and i are both big soccer fans they have extended their non-play until the end of end of april uh the pga tour has also come out now and extended theirs another four events um so it's just a really really Weird time out there. Uh, the PJ Tour was actually a little bit on the opposite side of things when they started. So as everybody knows, the P, uh, the Players' Championship was supposed to be this past weekend. They played their Thursday round. And then they announced that they were going to be playing the rest of the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with no fans, but would continue to play when all the other sports had already come out and said they were canceled throughout the end of the month, would reevaluate. And then in a last-second effort, the players... Uh, Commissioner Monahan came out and said, nope, we're changing it. We're canceling the event after playing the round on Thursday, and we will cancel it for four events. So it was going to cancel the players, the Valspar, uh, the match play, and then the uh, Valero Texas Open, which was the week before the Masters. The Masters then had also said, hey, we're paying attention to all these things. We're still not going to make a decision. We'll make a decision by the middle of next week. 
but right now this the plan is still to play. Well, then they came out and said they were postponing the Masters for the first time, and I don't even know how long. Since World and, War II. Wow, since World War II. And are going to, which we haven't heard a date, but play it. they are going to play it sometime this year. Before we get into the second part of this, Jake, do you think that the PGA Tour did the right thing by even playing on Thursday last week? Should they, I mean, because I've seen a bunch of reports, obviously every day new things are coming out. And what I've seen is golf is still safe. Mm-hmm. You, you practice social distancing there anyways, because you're, you're, I mean, you're in the car together, but even if you're walking and you're far away from each other, most of the round. So yeah, you think they made the right choice? I mean, if, if you were Hideki Matsuyama, would you be pissed off right now? Cause he shot nine under on the first round. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think they did the right thing per se. Like, I think that you made a good point, right? Like, and this might be selfish. Like, I don't see, I don't see golf as a problem right now, right? I don't. I know that that the idea is like we need to be socially distant, talking about quarantines and lockdowns. And look, I think if you keep everybody completely cooped up, like even there's towns around me that are closing parks, like. I I, right. I get it, but it's also you've just been in all winter. You're getting into spring. You know, people's lives are sort of disrupted to begin with. You have to find some sort of outlet. So, I do think golf is like a great activity for being safe in this climate, and especially if you're walking. And in you know, a, a, my clubs, a lot of clubs in my area have gone to no carts, no clubhouse. Um, you know, walking only. You know, either the pins are like essentially glued in or raised cups or whatever. But as for the PGA Tour, I think they probably should have seen the writing on the wall. I mean, to even bring fans there after what went on with the NBA um, and after what was coming out from the president and all these different things that were going down kind of rapid fire. It's tough because it's their crown jewel. It's their event. It's their most important event. And they've been hyping it up for forever, essentially. Like there have been players commercials on since the end of the FedEx Cup. And so it's oh, got to be because it's the, the fifth yeah, major, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. The fifth. Ma- well, notice they're not talking about redoing or, or finding a way to postpone the players. The players I mean, you case. can't postpone the Super Bowl of the PJ Tour, you know? Yeah. It's a once a year thing. So is the Masters. Um, so <laughs> they, um, I don't know if they did the right thing. I would say no. I think that at that point they needed to say for the safety of their um fans it should have been no fans on friday if you were going to try to play on friday i or on thursday i think that that's like legit like i totally kind of can see that they were looking at what they were getting information wise at the time which was you know you're still in an open space and it's not as confined and you know you're protected in that way which they were being told that at the time but between how many people it takes to set up and cover a golf tournament how many fans were there on thursday how many players and media members are from different countries? How many fans are coming from outside of Jacksonville area, right? Jacksonville right. had like one case, but there's tons of people that aren't from Jacksonville that are there. So I, I would say, uh, yeah, they, they probably waited a little too long to pull the trigger. And it was a bad look. Like Monaghan looked bad. Yeah. You know, he, he essentially looked like he didn't know what was going on. So, yeah, Vinny? that's where I'm at. Um, like I said, Same. I... I I understand like doing this to basketball, doing this to other sports where you have physical sweaty interactions with opponents and other players. And, um, you know, the golfers and their caddies can be as distant as they want playing. Like you can't walk right up to them on a tee box. Um, you know, 
It's usually pretty well guarded. You can't walk down the fairway with them. It's usually pretty well guarded. Uh, I think just for the fans' sake, I think that they could have had they taken away uh, fans' privileges to the to the tournament before Thursday. I think they could have played the whole event. Personally, right? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think <clears throat> I think that they should have gone ahead and said, "Hey, we're going to play this entire tournament with no fans. Play the tournament." I mean, you still would have been able to televise it. Yes, it would have been weird, but and and golf isn't. It's much like tennis. It's it's an independent contractor sport, right? So, if the players, uh, like I think it was CT Pan, wasn't comfortable playing, fine. Then just you don't have to play. You don't need to tee it up. We'll find another replacement. There's all, you know, whether or we just have a shorter field. I mean, it. I think that I think they should have played the players. I I, I kind of am okay with them canceling the other events. You know, I think that they're all great events, especially the Valero here in Texas feel bad for them um and the other events which the match play as well which would have been a great event which is also in texas um but i think for the players like the <clears throat> pga championship even the masters um you know if, if just leave it up to the players that they don't want to play they don't have to play but i, I think still think 80 to 90 percent of the field would have played in my opinion and just do it without uh spectators i realize that you know some of this is they're trying to make money for their local charities as well as for sponsors for the tournament uh, and everyone else. But, you know, this is a, a different time than anybody's ever seen. And I think that there was, a, there was an appropriate way to work around it. Um, and I agree with you, Jake. I think Monaghan did a terrible job and um, in, in all the logistics around the event. He should have either said, we're not playing at all or we're playing with no, no spectators. You can't just do one. Right. And I think he looked even worse when he said, hey, you know what? We're going to play it. Oh, now we're going to do it without fans. Oh, no, now we're not going to play it at all. So I think that that, that, that looked the worst. Well, uh, you're, you're not wrong. You're definitely right. I, I think that part of what's tough is, like, you said it. It's an unprecedented time. Like, we've never gone through something like this during our generation, our lifetime, even our parents' lifetime and generation hasn't gone through something like this. Uh, and I think that like one of the things is that information is coming down like rapid fire and Monahan's job, he gets paid like a shit ton of money to like decipher right. that information and make the best decision for his product. The problem is like if he's being told in one ear from a group of people, you're safe to do this because you're outside or whatever. And yeah, I go through with it. There's no cases in this county. Whatever he's being told, like we don't even know. There's also, we saw how fast all this unraveled. And there's also like, you have to err on the side of caution. Like look at what Mike Wan did with the LPGA. And they're hard up for money compared to the PGA Tour. But Mike Wan, I mean, he canceled everything in Asia with no replacement tournaments. And right. then his next swing was on the West Coast, which, I mean, we know, like, I mean, uh, San Francisco's in like straight up lockdown. Like, can't even go to their house. So, you know, he had to cancel those two. Right. And I don't know. I, I just think that that's what you're probably right. He probably, if they would have gone no fans, probably could have snuck in one more tournament before shutting it down. But who knows? Who knows? Right. We don't, I don't even think that we totally know what, you know, people at that level are being told about how this thing spreads, what this thing looks like. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, I'm not like that, but I just think that judging by what's going on with my job, judging by what's going on with stuff in my area, which isn't even super heavily affected, I just think that there is um, 
a lot of considerations being put in place for all this stuff. Right. I completely agree. Oh, um, <clears throat> okay. So, so that, that's what happened. And then the second part of what I was going to say is, so now they've come out and the masters has been postponed, uh, to the fall. We don't know exactly when, however, <laughs> we do know now that, uh, the Ryder cup has been moved out to 2021. We also know that the PGA Championship was postponed. Uh, I think part of that is because it was in the San Francisco, San Francisco area. area. Yeah, which is completely on lockdown. Uh, they haven't announced their date, but that was in May. Uh, and then they canceled four other events, which was the RBC Heritage, the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, which I'm kind of bummed about because that's the team event, the only team that's event a team on the event, yeah. PGA Tour every year. Uh, Wells Fargo Championship and the AT&T Byron Nelson, which... Basically, there will be no events in Texas this year, which is a bummer for me because those are all the events here. Uh, although we will have the Houston Open, I guess, in the fall. Um, and then we're hearing that the Masters is going to be played either uh, the week before when the Ryder Cup was supposed to be played, which I believe is the week after the FedEx Cup Championship, or the first or second weekend in October. So before we get into that, I would like to say that... It, we talked about our level of concern about Tiger last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. My level of concern is a one because I think he is the smartest person on the planet now because he probably has a direct line with Trump. Trump called him, said, hey, dude, this is coming down the pipeline. Just pretend like you got a back injury. You can prepare, get ready for all the rest of the majors in the rest of the year. <laughs> so he didn't really have a back injury. He was playing it off, sitting at the at the Florida compound, throwing back a few beers, playing in the four golf holes in this backyard. He's going to prep. He's going to win the Masters now. So my, my level of concern is a zero there. What do we think about having not only uh, the Masters in October or September, but also potentially we could have the British Open, the PGA, and the Masters within like 60 days of each other? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I... I think it would be heartbreaking, frankly, to have a year without a Masters, especially coming right. off of a year when you saw like one of the great Masters wins of all time mm -hmm. and to see Tiger you know, come back into the fold in the way he did. With that said, I am less worried, and maybe it's just because I don't view it as the same like level of tournament. Like, Look, if you can shift gears and get the PGA in another venue, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. But I don't think it's going to work at Harding Park, no matter when they try to squeeze it into the right. schedule. And the Open Championship is very near and dear to my heart, and I love that tournament. And luckily, I think it's in the middle of the summer, and we'll be hopefully, fingers crossed, to a point where we can do that with no fans right. and be able to witness that and have that happen, and that would be great for all of us. But, I mean, in the whole in the span of 60 days thing... I mean, you remember how rapid fire majors felt last year with right. the current schedule. It just, if that's what they do, it'll just feel like that schedule's like slightly shifted, I think. I, I just, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen because you have, you have to think about sponsors' money. You have to think about the fact that right. currently the Olympics are trying to still make all this stuff happen, yep. which I think is insane. Yep. And then, you know, you got to figure out if Augusta is willing to, you know, have a Masters where, they're going to be playing on Bermuda, not playing on Rye, which personally I think would be sick, next level type shit. Um, without Azaleas in bloom, without yep. you know the pristine image that we've seen 
And that's something I mean, they, to take into account. They could decorate it with pumpkins and a bunch of other cool stuff for the Halloween. <laughs> that would, yeah, maybe they're gonna, we'll have a, the harvest version of uh, Augusta National. The, hay, but, yeah. the hayride. I think you're, you know, you're completely right. My, so my dad's in the golf business, as everybody knows. Um, and actually his GM from about 10 years ago is the head GM at Augusta. Um, and they shut down the golf course for those of you that don't know, it's the week after the masters, yeah. uh, they, they do, you know, all their charity events and the people that work there can play that Monday through Sunday. And then they completely burn out the course and shut it down until, uh, you know, September or so October. Um, so it will be, uh, you know, obviously they don't have to worry about getting the course ready because they have all the money in the world. And then obviously, um, you know, they, they can prep for anything, but it will be different. Like Jake said, the golf course is going to be completely different from what you see uh, at the beginning of the year uh, in, in April when it's typically played. It's I think it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I kind of I think it, w- it will be cool to see it at a different time of the year, although obviously I think for me. It's like the year is beginning. The golf season is beginning when you hit the Masters in April. It's like, okay, it's springtime. For sure. We're ready to go. Major season's coming. But in my head, I'm also like, I just want to see the Masters played. And if it is played in October, then you get two Masters within six months of each other, which I know is not ideal, but it's pretty cool for me to think about. Um just something different, but I'm, I'm glad that they haven't completely said, hey, this is canceled for the, the year. I'm, I'm glad that they're trying to get it done. I agree with you, Jake. I think the PGA is going to be a lot more difficult. It might be easier for them to try to find uh, one of the other courses to play it on for this year and then come back to them or something. I'm sure they can figure something out. But Well, there's been uh, that like unfounded rumor that they are considering... I don't believe me. I don't. I can't even source this. I just hear all this chatter and see shit on Twitter and and hear other podcasts. You know, have said that this rumor has been floating around too, and this idea that like you know all the infrastructure at um, TPC Sawgrass is still up, and that might be the best option is just mm-hmm. to leave that all up, and then if you need to move it, you move it to a course that's if, like you know structurally ready to host an event of that size you know, whenever that may be. So does that, know. does that make it the fourth and fifth major of the year or <laughs> the four, the four and a half major? <laughs> yeah. Vinny, you're it's being a... quiet over there. You got any, you got any thoughts? Giggling. I hear him giggling though. <laughs> nah, I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. I just, I don't think, uh, you know, having four majors in a 60 day period is, is good in any way, shape or form for guys who are trying to get there for their first time. Right. Um, I think it completely takes away from all of the, all the bids that guys get, all the qualifying that amateurs do. Um, yeah. You know, I think it kind of takes away from the field and, and and what it's designed around. You know, you play all year to get into these events, right? And there's going to be a lot of people missing those opportunities, guys that you would like to see contesting at those events, and uh, it, it's probably just discouraging to some. So, on you know, my view is. I don't want to see them all in 60 days, period. Right. Um, and that would also leave me pretty bored for a period of time. Well, True. I think you're bored now, though, probably. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, uh, I, I think it's a good thought. I actually thought about that as well because, you know, some of these guys, and, and I'm sure they'll extend it because typically if you win, you get an invitation to the Masters, that, that following Masters. So, um, you know, I think that they'll they'll figure that out, and they're going to make a, find a way to get all these guys in there that have already won, even if you know some of those events get canceled or just have a bigger field than they normally do. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's definitely something interesting to talk about as well because, um, you know, those that you're right, those guys are playing to play at the Century Tournament Champions in Hawaii every year, and they're playing to get into all the majors and the WGC right. events. So, well, one other thing too, like it's it's good that you guys bring this up because I think that a lot of times we forget like the little man in golf, and you have to remember. We love talking about the best, but there are a lot of people right now that like they can't get playing opportunities, right? So these are guys that are like scrambling for a check, trying to make it, trying to break even. They have people that have essentially invested in them that they're, you know, supposed to be on the hook for, you know, paying or whatever that deal might look like. And those guys aren't getting a chance to play. And then you have even lower level. Like I saw that the USGA has canceled the four ball. Yeah, um, which was at Philly Cricket. I didn't even know at, that. Right, it was at, I actually applied for um, you know to, to volunteer or whatever, and they canceled the four ball. And in that email, literally in the email canceling it, and I thought this was pretty kind of shitty. They basically said um, <clears throat> contestants from this year like will be you know invalidated or whatever. Like they will not. It doesn't carry over. You're going to have to requalify for next year. Yeah, and like personally. These are unprecedented times. This is a, a time where, you know, you do something cool. You have a, another group qualify, and then you take the group that qualified this year, and you put them in, in a bracket, and you do this crazy, you know, you can do anything that you want. Um, and I just think, I hope that a lot of sports leave that idea on the table. Um, we can do anything that we want to make this work. So let's just find the best way to do it. But I, I don't know. I agree, Jake. Like, uh, we, like, Doug and I follow soccer a lot, and some of the Premier League talk with the cancellation of the English Premier League is that the uh, it, normally the top three teams from the second division move up. Right, the right. bottom three teams from the top division move down. Uh, if they cancel the entire season, they're talking about doing a round-robin tournament for relegations and promotions between yeah, the like six teams. Yeah, like that's dope. Yeah. That's so uh, cool. Well, it's a disaster if you're the top two teams from the bottom league and you would... That's like a hundred million dollar payday for them moving up normally, right. and they have to. They may not even go up, right? But like you know, I, I'm. I think that what Vince like that idea that the Premier League's doing like a round robin, that sounds yeah. amazing. There's and I'm not obviously talk. golf works differently, yeah. but I mean it, it's 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 really tough because it is it's such a huge jump in like the investment those teams mm-hmm. get from the league. Right. Yeah, yeah, the payout. Oh, yeah, it's it's significant. Yeah, it is somewhere upwards of like nine digits so yeah the um, the, the the playoff so the top two teams and we don't want to talk about soccer too much but the top two teams from the bottom league automatically could move up and then three four five and six play a home and away against each other until they get down to two teams and that game is a is a the final is just a one game and it's the most expensive sporting event in the world because the winner that moves up yeah it's like upwards of hundreds of millions of dollars worth of tv rights and all this other stuff so it's pretty wild Right. Okay. Well, uh, yep. Weird times. We'll see what happens. Hopefully we get some, I know uh, Monahan said that they're trying to get everything figured out by the end of this month. So we'll probably hear some news coming out here in the next week or two um, about what they're trying to do with uh, the U S open PGA, all those things. So I will say one more thing before you move on. And I, I'm not one to jump the gun on what I like safe versus unsafe, but I do think that the PGA tour has the best chance to be the first sport back. I do believe that. So, Sorry. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah be- just because of, like, a, like being outside and, and, like, we talked about, it, I think yeah. they have the best chance. Of, even if it's limited cameras and limited coverage, they have the mm-hmm. best chance of being the first sport back, I think. Yeah. I mean, Sung, I Sung Jay's, you know, 
quarantined inside of his van. Yeah. Poor, you know, I should have actually reached out and asked Sanjay if he wanted to, like, just... We got a guest room here. He could have chilled. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I wonder what he's doing with his life right now. It's got to be tough for the guy, honestly. I saw Ricky and JT have been playing a couple spring yeah, break 2020 matches. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'll give one quick update on the Gentleman's Cup. Uh, we're supposed to be still going to Pinehurst the last week of May. I did reach out. We have... Uh, they're going to give us a full refund if we need to, but hopefully it's still on play. I know, Jake, you said your buddy was supposed to be there this weekend. Well, actually, uh, I, talked and they were a, still... yeah, I talked to a guy yesterday at the golf course because I heard him at the desk say, you know, I just canceled my Pinehurst trip. And I just approached him outside and I said, like, man, I, I feel for you. I just canceled my Scotland trip. He was going to Pinehurst for five days with 12 guys. He was the only one that wanted to go. The rest of them were deciding to cancel. And he was actually supposed to leave out of Raleigh to fly to San Francisco with 24 guys to go play Pebble, Spyglass, and Spanish Bay Jeez. after that trip. And I was like, that dude, I almost was like, you want to be on my pod? Like, I need to hear your story. Uh, but he, he, was, he was down the dumps about it. I felt terrible for this guy. That is brutal. That doesn't make me feel as bad about my life right now. Wow. <laughs> That's rough. So, yeah, so we'll give everybody an update. Obviously, we play the Gentleman's Cup every year. Shirts are supposed to come in oh, like boy. today or tomorrow. So I'm hoping that we don't get that canceled. It's it's still two months out. I'm holding hope. But, yeah. uh, you know, looking bleaker and bleaker every day. Um, so I think the last thing we were going to talk about here before we preview some upcoming things is Jake has been scouring YouTube, uh, trying to watch golf highlights as much as he can, as well as play as much as we can. Um so I think we all wanted to talk about kind of our one or two tournaments that we liked in the past that um, if you hadn't seen them, or maybe you're just getting into golf, you should go back and watch these events because they're, I mean, there's been some fantastic golf played throughout all the years, um, especially at majors uh, and in other events. So Jake, uh, you want to go ahead and start with what events you, you want to recommend up to people listening that uh, maybe in the dumps in their, in their living room, not doing anything right now? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, recently I've been going back and rewatching some, not just golf. I mean, I just, like I said to you guys before we started the pod, I rewatched some of the Phillies 2008 World Series victory, rewatched the 2017 <laughs> Super Bowl. Um, but for golf, I was kind of going back in the archive and thinking of like, man, what were like majors where I was just really into it, whether I was really rooting for a player or it was just like super enthralling or whatever. And, uh, I had a bunch, but I'm, I'm going to pick one and then like an alternate event, an alternate thing for people to check out. Uh, you can find most of, I think you can find almost the entirety of it. I watched mostly the final round. The 2012 Masters, which was Bubba Watson's first Masters win. And I know we all joke about like what a, you know, kind of a crybaby Bubba can be and things like that. But uh, I remember actually sitting on like, I think it was Easter Sunday. Uh, in my parents' living room, and just watching this, like, what a stretch of golf, like, in terms of, like, shot shaping and all these things, and, you know, Louie makes uh, an albatross on two, and it's just, like, rapid fire, the way that that Masters went down, and, you know, then they go into the playoff, and, and Bubba hits that iconic shot, and it was really, like, the beginning of, like, the lore of what he could do um, with a golf ball, and so when I rewatched it, I really forgot, like, how nails he was that day. Cause he, he kind of was like all over the place in spots and like 
snuck out of it. And then at other points looked like he was, you know, absolutely going to win and kind of be unbeatable. So, um, I rewatched that recently and I was like, man, I totally remember where I was. That was awesome. And, um, the second thing that, and I think everybody should check this out because it's on YouTube and I've watched it a bunch. Uh, you can rewatch Shell's wonderful world of golf, Gene Littler versus Byron Nelson at Pine Valley. Okay. And it's awesome to go back and watch these guys play Pine Valley in like the late sixties, early seventies. It is sick. It's so cool to watch some of the shots they got to hit to see what that golf course looked like then. And, you know, now you can, uh, there's a a drone video of the entire 18 holes. If you want to watch what it looks like right now. So yeah, it's, it's super cool and it's all there on YouTube. You can watch it from start to finish. So those are my two for you to check out if you're really bored. That is super cool. I want to interject real quick before Vinny pops in with his thoughts. So I, so my sister got engaged this weekend on Saturday. Mm-hmm. On Sunday morning, they had a little bit of a get-together. My parents did. And there was some guy. I hadn't met him before. He was there. My dad was talking to and and he was talking to my dad about some golf things. And he asked my dad, he's like, hey, what's what's like the best golf course you've ever played or hardest golf course? And he sat there and he thought about it. And he's like, well, I've played at Augusta a few times. And he goes, but the hardest golf course I've ever played is Pine Valley. And I said, I was like, what the hell? How did I not know you've never played at Pine Valley before? And he was like, yeah, I played there like, I don't know, 25 years ago or so. He said, but the place is just unbelievable and uh, extremely hard. Um, so I thought that that was really cool. <laughs> and I was, I was like, that's wild. I never knew that. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Vinny, what do you got? What, what, what are you watching these days on the YouTube? Oof. Are we talking about just a, a good memory to kind of go back on in golf? Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine is... Uh, we talked about this a little bit. If it's worth rewatching, I think going back and watching the 2016 British, the Henrik versus Phil shootout is just so uh, is just worth it. I, I love all the head-to-head matches that are like down the stretch or just a scoring shootout. Um, it wasn't even down the stretch. It was full no, 18 no. holes. Oh yeah, no, yeah it, was it was like 18-hole match play that day. It was so cool. Uh, just a just a great memory for me. I think it kind of just. So those that's what you need right now is just something that makes you feel good. You want you know to watch and buy yeah, some time you for yourself, and you know keep, keeps you linked to the game. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I know you were talking about some of the other things, and uh, you know, I've read a book in the past called Mind Gym. I think we've talked about it a little bit. It's a bunch of short stories uh, from professional athletes. Now, there's tons of stories from Tiger, Arnie, Ben Crenshaw, Gary Player about uh some of the mental the, the mental aspect of golf and the the you know how to overcome some of their uh the, the hardships in that uh for those readers out there i think it's definitely worth just picking up it's like ten dollars to digital download and um if you want to know how these people think and in those those events you know i know ben ben crenshaw stories about uh his two masters wins and uh what it was like being a Ryder cup captain that's uh, awesome. Totally worth it. Um, if you know, if you have some time, sit at home. That's pretty cool. And you want to do something other than watch, you know, watch TV. Uh, it's definitely worth a read. There you go. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Well, staying on the book um, exercise because I didn't know you read Vinny, but um, <laughs> I I I read a book last year that somebody gave to me. Uh, it was it's the this personal story of John Daly. I cannot remember what it's called right now off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the uh, in the bio when we, when we upload this pod. 
And it, it, it's really interesting. It talks through kind of his beginning career when he went to Arkansas, play college golf. And then when he got on tour, um, obviously everybody knows he, he battled a lot of, a lot of things, addictions and, and whatnot throughout his entire career and probably still is, but it, it's a really good read. It's pretty short. Um, it's probably only about 150 pages or so. Um, but you know, I highly recommend that, uh, as far as golf tournaments that I, you know, look back on and I'm like, damn, that's the one I need to watch again is the 08 U S open, which was up until last year, tiger's last major, uh, championship victory. Um, and, and not only was it, you know, where he made the putt on the 72nd hole that gets replayed all the time to beat Rocco media. We'll actually get into a playoff with Rocco media at the time and then go into a full 18 hole playoff, which is awesome and back and forth that you need to watch. Um, Lee Westwood actually had the lead going into the final round and had a putt on 18 to get into the playoff with the two of them, which a lot of people don't remember because everybody just remembers Tiger throwing his hat on the ground and freaking out and awkwardly hugging his caddy and and all the good things that happened that day. Um, But obviously he was on one knee as well because he had to have ACL surgery right after that. So a uh, really good field. Obviously, it was a major championship, but there was a lot of other uh, like small and secret storylines in there um, that is definitely worth watching. And and you could you could play it out. I mean, today's Thursday. You could watch the first round. Tomorrow, you could watch the second round, and then go out on Monday, watch the sudden death playoff, and that you know kills five <laughs> days of your time. So nailed it. Uh, so uh, yeah, really good. Um, obviously, there was some other ones. I I said and Jake said as well the, the Henrik Phil. Uh, playoff was incredible um and and i actually like watching um this a little bit off subject but going back and watching rory when he was kind of before he is rory now when he was all beefed up when he had the long hair and he was winning all of his the you know three or four major championships that he's got Mm -hmm. um he he just was an absolute ball striker i mean he still is but before he was just mashing the ball and had the beautiful swing and all that stuff that those are worth going back and watching um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what I've got. So, um, Jake, I know you've been going through the interwebs and, and, and networking with a lot of people. And it sounds like we might have, uh, an, an, uh, emergency episode coming up this weekend with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. So, um, uh, teaching pro in my area who we've become kind of friends and actually he played with me during the albatross round. So you'll get to hear his take on that. Um, he, uh, uh, his name's Chris Staples. He's going to potentially be doing with an interview with us this weekend. If not this weekend, it'll definitely be in the next, uh, week or so. So you should hear, um, yeah, some interesting insight into what it's like to be not only a, a teaching pro, but, um, one that's traveled a lot and been to a lot of different places and, um, done a lot of different things in the game. So it should be, should be an interesting, uh, interview and he's like a super chill dude. So should be good yeah we we have that coming up for you guys good deal good deal yeah looking forward to that uh, i'll also say if you guys have the foresight uh travel is really really inexpensive right now so if you want to take a chance and look four or five months out and book some trips for golf to all of our listeners i i'd, I'd highly recommend it um i've already done that and looking at doing some other trips uh i'm hoping that my ireland trip in, in september is still safe but who knows with what's going on right now um but yeah we really appreciate everybody joining into this episode today i know uh our picks are on halt i think we'll probably recycle 
the three guys that we chose last week, which who did we take? Yeah. Who did you guys take last week? You took Ricky. Or, I'm sorry, you took Rory. Yeah, I took Rory. Who did I take? Beats the shit out of me. Oh, I took Bryson. That's right, Bryson, who was in contention. Yeah. Uh, Benny, who do you remember who you took? Nope. Was it Xander? It was. Xander. Oh, that's right. It was the X Man. It was yeah, the X Man. Right. Yeah. X going to give it to you. Yeah. So we'll give those three picks back to us. Uh, and we will obviously be back on that, hopefully, in like the next six or seven weeks. It's looking like now, but we'll yeah. see. Uh, we really appreciate it again, everybody listening to the episode today. We'll have that, hopefully, that emergency uh, podcast this weekend with our, our, our guest, Chris. Uh, which should be a good one. We're going to learn a lot about what he's doing uh, with our games or with his game and other people's games. Um, anybody have any any plans for the rest of the week? I know it's supposed to rain here on us, so we're trying to get in around this weekend. But, Jake, are you going to be playing at all? Uh, I'm going to play tomorrow. Uh, our weekend is super cold, so I'm going to play tomorrow. Oh boy. And then we got two cold days, so I won't play Saturday or Sunday. And then Monday, I think I'm going back out to AC Country Club. So, yeah, got a wow. couple rounds planned, yeah. Really taking advantage of the time off. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, uh, it's supposed to be disgusting here for the next three days, but, uh, I did see Monday and through next week, it's supposed to be sunny and like 95. Oh, so yeah, we're, get we're getting, we're starting to get some heat here, which I can't wait for because <laughs> I need to get some tan. I'm really, really pasty right now. But, uh, yeah, so Vinny and I'll be out there. Um, I think next week we'll talk a little bit about Vince and I's round yesterday. It was a very interesting one. Um, but I think worth talking about. Uh, we were able to play with a former LPGA pro, and maybe we'll get her on the podcast here in, in the next couple weeks. Um, That'd be cool. But, uh, yeah, so everybody be safe out there. Obviously, please follow and listen to all of the, the personnel, emergency personnel that are putting out guidelines. Stay away from people if you can. Wash your hands. But, yeah, wash your hands. Play as much golf as possible because it's probably the most sanitary thing out there. Um, and uh, if you can, please recommend our podcast to other people. When you go in there, please leave us a five-star rating as well as put in any notes. Call Jake the Big Bird King. Uh, call mm-hmm. Vinny the Hot Dog King. Whatever you want. Just put words in there. It helps move us up. We're kings. It, All yep, kings. big kings. I'm not a king. But, <laughs> you know, that's okay. You're uh, the wordsmith. And, and as always, if you need to, reload and hit that breakfast ball. Follow us on Instagram at the Breakfast Ball Pod. All one.